Good morning, IBCM. It's Thursday morning, August 26th, and welcome to our daily time of Bible study and prayer. Let's begin this morning by reading from Psalm 86. I'll read verses 8 to 13. Psalm 86, verses 8 to 13. Let's, uh, let's relax. Uh, let's ask the Holy Spirit to give us insight into his word. Let's rest in him. Let's learn from him. Let's uh, become uh, intentionally focused on him as we are starting our day today. Psalm 86, verses 8 to 13, read, Lord, there is no one like you among the gods, and there are no works like yours. All the nations you have made will come and bow down before you, Lord, and will honor your name. For you are great and perform wonders. You alone are God. Teach me your way, Lord, and I will live by your truth. Give me an undivided mind to fear your name. I will praise you with all my heart, Lord my God, and will honor your name forever. For your faithful love for me is great, and you rescue my life from the depths of Sheol. Amen. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for this great psalm that uh, escorts into this place of worship with you. We do acknowledge, God, that you are alone, God, that no one is like you, that you perform wonders, miracles, deeds that are incomparable. They are powerful. They are profound. They are amazing. We come before you this morning and we bow before you and worship. Lord, it is our desire to honor your name. It is our desire to serve your purpose, to uh, make your name known all over this place, all around this city. So Lord, we, we pray that you will teach us your ways. We pray that you will empower and equip us to live by your truth. We pray that you will give us an undivided mind so that we are completely faithful and loyal to you so that we will stay um, focused on your vision and your mission for our lives and for our church. Lord, we praise you with all of our heart. We thank you for your faithful love. Thank you for saving us, for rescuing us from sin and death, for transferring us from the, um, the world of darkness into your world of light and eternal life. Thank you. We praise you and love you. Amen. Well, I feel encouraged and uh, ready for the day already, just by reading and praying through that beautiful psalm that David has recorded and God inspired and is uh, present for us to read in the Bible. We're going to focus today on that um, last theme uh, from our study in Isaiah 6 on Sunday morning. Uh, focusing on Isaiah 6, verse 8, we hear God call out, uh, who will go for us? Who can we send? The plural pronouns there refer to all of God, the entire Trinity was present there in Isaiah's worship experience. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. 
Who can we send? Who will go for us into this world of ruin and decay, sin, darkness, and death? Who can we send to take the good news to the people who are walking in darkness? And we recall Isaiah's answer, here am I, send me. And we learned the truth that in genuine, sincere worship, out of genuine and sincere worship, God sends us into the world with the good news of Christ that reverses the decay and the darkness into life and light. I want us to um, think about that phrase that that question that G, the questions that G, that God asked, who will go for us? Who can we send? And also think about that reply, here am I, send me, as we look at Exodus 3. So let me invite you to open your scriptures to that second book of the Bible in the Old Testament, the book of Exodus, which is God's story of rescuing Israel, his people. Of course, they weren't Israel yet. They were uh, Hebrews, he rescued them out of uh, bondage in Egypt. Uh, of course, there, there was, uh, they were the people, uh, the descendants of, of Israel, but they had not really become uh, the nation yet that God wants them to be. He, is, he rescues them from bondage in Exodus and uh, sends them on a journey toward the land of promise. Let's look at Exodus chapter 3, and we're going to read several verses. I think I'll read all the way to the first half of verse 16. So Exodus chapter 3, beginning with verse 1, and we'll read through the, the first part of, of verse 16. Here's how it reads. Meanwhile, Moses was shepherding the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire within a bush. As Moses looked, he saw that the bush was on fire but was not consumed. So Moses thought, I must go over and look at this remarkable sight. Why isn't the bush burning up? When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called out to him from the bush, Moses, Moses. Moses answered, here I am. Do not come closer, he said. Remove the sandals from your feet, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he continued, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have observed the misery of my people in Egypt and have heard them crying out because of their oppressors. I know about their sufferings. And I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and to bring them from that land to a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. 
the territory of the Canaanites, Hethites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. So because the Israelites cry for help has come to me, I have also seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. Therefore, go. I am sending you to Pharaoh so that you may lead my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But, but Moses asked God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the Israelites out of Egypt? He answered, I will certainly be with you. And this will be the sign to you that I am the one who sent you. When you bring the people out of Egypt, you will all worship God at this mountain. Then Moses asked God, if I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name? What should I tell them? God replied to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to, is, to the Israelites. I am has sent you. God also said to Moses, say this to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Jacob, the God of Isaac, and the God of the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent you, has sent me to you. This is my name forever. This is how I am to be remembered in every generation. Go and assemble the elders of Israel. So wonderful story, isn't it? That's a story that we, many of us are very familiar with. Uh, I know that I learned this story when I was, uh, uh, you know, a uh, a small boy. I learned it from my parents. I learned it in Sunday school. It's been, it's a story that has resonated all through my life, this beautiful story. Uh, did you hear the phrase, here I am? Did you hear God say, go, I'm sending you? See how it complements what we learned on Sunday when God asked the question, who can go for us? Who can we send? And Isaiah said, here I am. Of course, if we were to read on the rest of chapter three and then chapter four, if you recall, Moses was very reluctant to go. In fact, he made all kinds of excuses, so much to the point that, that God was put out, frustrated, and it says in the scriptures, even angered at Moses' reluctance to obey and go where God was sending him. And so there was some sort of a, a little bit of a negotiation between Moses and God. And God agreed, uh, though he was still not backing down on sending Moses, he agreed to send Aaron, the brother of Moses, as a helper along with him. But here are the four major points that I want us to see that connects with that point that we uh, talked about last Sunday, that in, in worship, God not only gives us a vision of the ruined world, but then he sends us out. He sends us into that world with the good news. And I want us to remember how this connects with this value of worship, that worship calls us to action in a world of darkness. I want us to remember how this value fits into the vision that we have learned from God's word, the vision of the world and the vision 
uh, of, I mean, the vision of the future world in which all the nations are worshiping God forever, a, future, a vision of the present world, this present world of sin and darkness and separation, but also the mission that precedes the vision, the mission that God has to uh, engage us in his redemptive story and in his redemptive purpose. See how this all fits together, how our values are derived from the mission that God has given us and the vision that he has given us so that we can accomplish the mission. The values are what drive our actions. And so the value of worship reminds us of who God is, reminds us of who we are, reminds us of the grace that has made us new, reminds us of the, the ruined world around us, and then calls us out. That reminds us of both the vision and the mission, calls us out into action. And so we see in, in Exodus chapter 3, an Old Testament story, these four powerful principles that engage us in the value of worship. I want us to notice first that God is present in the ordinary. This reminds me that worship is more than an event on Sunday morning. That's a sacred moment. That is, that is a moment that we set apart every week in which we gather together with the company of believers and we worship God together. But I want us to see here in this story that God is present in the ordinary, that every moment is an opportunity to worship and to experience God. What was Moses doing? He was herding sheep. There's not much more ordinary than a shepherd out in the wilderness with a bunch of sheep. So in that ordinary, there we find God. Moses has an encounter with God. So let's ask the question, what are the ordinary circumstances, the routine, the mundane of each day in which we can experience God? The second thing I want us to see is that God acts to capture our attention. Moses saw a bush with fire a burning bush, except that it really wasn't a burning bush. What it really was, was a fire in the bush. He was intrigued because though there was fire in the bush, it was not consuming the bush. And he was wondering what this was all about. And so God used this to capture Moses' attention. So I want us to think about this. In the ordinary, routine, mundane moments of the day, are we ready to observe? Are we ready to notice and distinguish how God is capturing our attention? Maybe yesterday, there was a moment in which you realized that God was getting your attention. It could be a number of things. It could be a pain. It could be a sickness, it could be a success, it could be, it could be traffic, it could be anything, because God wants our attention, because he loves us and wants us to love him, to worship him. So let's be ready to observe, and let's ask the Holy Spirit to give us insight to observe how God is acting to capture our attention. Now here's the third thing. God draws us into intimate knowledge. 
look at all that look at look at god's i am and i will and uh, i have statements in, in verse starting in verse uh in verse five i am the god of your fathers uh communicating to moses who was talking to him uh verse seven i have observed um i have heard i know verse eight i have come down god is communicating to moses knowledge he, he knowledge of who he is knowledge of what god is seeing hearing and go, what god is doing he is drawing moses into intimate knowledge of god his purpose his actions his compassion his grace his mercy uh what he's about to do and god does the same with us as he is present in the ordinary as he captures our attention then he communicates he draws us into a deep intimate knowledge and understanding of his way and his will and his work that is amazing then here's the here's the fourth thing the last thing this is amazing are you ready for this God invites us to a profound partnership with him. Think about that for a moment. God invites us into a profound partnership with him. He uh, says to Moses, because the Israelites are crying out for help, because I've seen what's happening, where they are, their oppression, even though I am coming down, remember he says that in verse 8, he says to Moses in verse 10, therefore go, I am sending you. God is coming down to rescue his people, but he's inviting Moses into a profound partnership in that action. God is present in the ordinary. In the ordinary, he captures our attention. When he captures our attention, he draws us into intimate knowledge, the details of his will, his work, and his way. And then he invites us into a profound partnership to go. And notice that God says, when Moses asks how, when Moses shares his fear and his reluctance, Notice what God says in verse 12. I will certainly be with you. God does not give us a vision of a ruined world. So that we will just know or have pity or think, wow, I'm glad I'm not part of that ruined world because I have salvation. No. He meets us in the ordinary and draws us into an intimate knowledge so, so that he can invite us to partner with him in his mission of redemption. That is a powerful value of worship. Every day, every moment, even in the ordinary, we have this awesome opportunity to worship God and to be a part of his redemptive mission 
in the world to rescue people from bondage. Let's pray today that the Holy Spirit will make us aware of God's presence in the ordinary, aware of his uh, drawing us into a deeper, intimate knowledge and relationship of him, his will, his work, and his ways, and that we will be ready to go where he sends us. That is truly the deepest value of worship and truly the best result. Father, we thank you for inspiring men and women to write these stories so that we can see you in spite of the fact that in this day and time, we cannot see you physically but we see you in the word and we see you in these stories. And that gives us the spiritual eyes to see you right here, right now in our lives. And we pray today, Lord, that we will be attentive. Lord, as David prayed in that Psalm, give us an undivided mind so that we can be aware of your presence in the ordinary. Here you're calling us into intimate relationship and calling us to action in the world around us. Now, Lord, we want to uh, give some attention to our prayer list. And very uh, briefly, we want to pray and intercede for these that are on the list. We want to pray, Lord, today. We want to lift up to you uh, sick, the sick in our church family, uh, Pearly and Becky and Jenny, and Bong, and Jumong, and Cassie, and Nita, all battling cancer. Lord, we, we, we pray for them every day, and we know that you're not tired of hearing us pray the same prayer every day, because you have taught us to pray intentionally, intensely, and consistently. And so, Lord, once again, we pray for your healing, for your strength, for your vitality upon them. And now, you who are with me on this call, you have people in your life and your family also who are sick. And right now, just lift them up to the Lord and pray for his healing and for his power and for his will to be done in their lives. Lord, we also want to lift up these uh, people who are, are not sick, but need your wisdom and guidance as they serve you. Um, we want to pray for Manny and Ems Uko. They're, they're asking us to pray for uh, wisdom and discernment and spiritual maturity to faithfully nurture and raise up their children in the Lord. And so we lift them up along with their children, Brian and Kay and Natalie. Lord, today we want to pray for uh, the Busa family, and we want to pray that you'll provide Rod a job. And we also want to lift up his family in, uh, in who, who are suffering with COVID right now. We pray, Lord, that you will uh, give them healing and strength. They live in Cebu. And Lord, that you will make them aware of their need for salvation. Uh, Lord, today we also um, we also want to pray for uh, Sonny and Arlene and pray that you will continue to uh, 
deepen their love for you and for each other as a married couple. We also want to pray, Lord, today for uh, these uh, outside of our church family, but but um, family of church family, who uh, Eugenio uh, Guerrero, who is will be soon having cataract surgery. Pray, Lord, that you will bring healing to his eyes and make him aware of his need for Christ Jesus. Uh, we just thank you, God, that we can lift these up to you in prayer. Lord, we also want to pray for our city today. We are praying, Lord, that the people of our city, Metro Manila, will have a heart to hear and respond to the gospel. We pray, Lord, that our church will have opportunities to engage in the city around us. We're praying, Lord, for the pandemic to end soon so that we can be active and, and compassionately aggressive in our city to demonstrate the love of Christ and share the gospel. We pray, Lord, that we will be equipped to not only do this as a church family, but also equipped to uh, be a catalyst and to invite other church families to join us in the vision that you've given us, light of the city, to uh, bring the light of the gospel to every corner of this great, vast city. We also pray, Lord, today for uh, those of our church family and even people outside of our church family who are engaged in our uh, disciple-making training. We pray, Lord, that as people are attending Call to Joy and, and uh, Gospel Growth and the Battle Plan for Prayer and the Person and, and Work of Christ, these four trainings, we pray, Lord, that these people will be uh, faithful to do their homework faithful to engage in the lessons, to attend the meetings, the training meetings, and that their lives will be blessed, enriched, and that you, you through these training opportunities, will bring spiritual maturity to their lives. Lord, we pray this morning for um, our children's ministry leaders, that you will give them spiritual insight and power and equipping to disciple our children which will also be a part of discipling their parents as well. Lord, this uh, coming Saturday is the second meeting of the, the training, Family Discipleship. It's a webinar. We pray, Lord, for the Seongs who will be leading that meeting. We are grateful for their stewardship, and we pray, God, that this will be an opportunity for our families, our parents, to learn how to disciple their children. Lord, we are, are so blessed but uh, in so many ways to be a part of your work. And one of those blessings is to support and encourage, train and mobilize church planters. So today, Lord, we pray for Randy and Cheriel in Japan, for Echo and Tess in Indonesia, for Frank and Tess also in Indonesia. And we pray today that you will uh, that they will abide in you, that they will find joy in serving you, that they will find success in making disciples. We pray, God, that you will grow them up into the knowledge of Christ Jesus, that you will continue to equip them to do the work which you have prepared beforehand for them to do. Lord, we thank you for this time together. We thank you for reminding us of who you are and who we are and what we are your servants, to bring the light of the gospel to those who are walking in darkness. 
I pray for these brothers and sisters of mine who have joined me today for a time of Bible study and prayer. I pray, Lord, that you will encourage them, that as they face obstacles and challenges, that you will remind them, remind us that you are certainly with us. We pray, Lord, that we will continue to grow in our intimate knowledge, our heartfelt love and passion for you, that your word, which we read and study every day, will bear fruit in our lives. I pray that you will fill us all with your spirit. I pray, Lord, that you will protect us from the virus, that you will uh, focus our attention on the work you've called us to do, and that you will provide everything we need according to your riches in Christ Jesus, and that as we live this day, we will be filled with joy as we serve you. We pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. Well, God bless you today for being a part of this time of Bible study and prayer. Uh, I look forward to spending this time again with you tomorrow morning. In the meantime, have a great day. God bless you. See you tomorrow.